This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we're talking about oyster crackers. Wow, you really came out of nowhere with the show intro. Like we were just talking, gabbing, chatting, uh, you know, shooting the breeze, kicking the can. And then suddenly I'm Molly. And I was like, okay, we're doing this. Yeah, usually I'm, I mean, for for all the listeners, uh, usually I'm the one who is like running a couple minutes late to our taping, or I'm the one who's having some sort of like, crisis and and need to talk it out with Matthew before we get started. I save my crises for after the show. Yeah, so thoughtful of you. Um, Anyway, today I was running late to start the show, but I made up for it with my extremely swift entry into professionalism. That's what we do here. You turned on a dime. Yes, I am a expensive sports car. You are. I've always thought of you that way. You're you're like a the name that came to mind was Peugeot, which I don't think is an expensive sports car, is it? I think it's probably expensive in the states, right? I mean, yeah, if you can even get one. Yeah. You're a you're a uh like all I can think of is like the most I'm, the most What like, what are other things? What are things that turn on a dime? Um Well, like a like a Roomba does, right? It can like rotate in place. Can sure. I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't own one, but I, I don't either. I've seen I, I'm, them I'm afraid in of operation. Them. I mean, I've seen videos of cats riding on them, which brings us to our, our uh, new segment that everyone loves. Uh, <laughs> cute animals you need to know. Matthew, do you have one this week? No, but there are definitely videos of cats riding on Roombas, so let's go with that. I just want to remind everybody that I have a really cute guinea pig named Percy. Right. And, uh, That's a cute animal you need to know. You know, recently I, I did some research into what breed of guinea pig he is. And he, it turns out, is something called a coronet, which I encourage everyone to Google coronet guinea pig. They're these like long haired, like silky haired guinea pigs who have basically like a a part or like a rosette right in the middle of the top of their head. So they've got this perfect like middle part and then this extremely long hair. And if you groom them this way, they can kind of look like a sentient toupee. 
Yes, I've, I, you've shown me pictures. Yeah. That, that's exactly what they look like. Ours, we keep his hair cut shorter than that. He just looks like... Do you have to give guinea pig haircuts? Ash does. Wow. Yeah, Ash is like really into uh, home grooming of our animals. Um, Alice regularly gets uh, haircuts from Ash. They're, they're often a little bit tufty, the haircuts. Sure. But Alice looks really good. Ash has gotten, I would say, semi-professional. Uh, y- yeah. Years ago, I had a friend whose nickname was Tufty. Are you serious? Yeah. Did cause... they have like tufty hair? Yeah, oh. totally. Uh, he, my, he was English, if that helps explain it. My ex-husband has a tufty beard. <laughs> okay, great. It just kind of grows in patches. Yeah, I, I guess I should be thankful that, that my beard grows pretty evenly. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay, well, that there's the end of our um, cute Episode. animals you need to know, including Matthew's facial hair. <laughs> yes. Matthew's facial hair is a cute animal. You should Aww, know. thanks. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about oyster crackers. Okay. Oh, wait, that's today's episode. That's today's episode. It's not, it's not a new segment. Let's talk about oyster crackers. <laughs> okay. So Matthew, let's, let's get right down to it. Memory lane, oyster crackers, go. I was trying to remember, like, I definitely did have oyster crackers as a kid. I knew they existed. I knew they were kind of a fun cracker because you would get so many of them at a time. But I don't remember any, like, particular occasions when we would have them. What were other fun crackers? <laughs> Uh, goldfish. A, oh, you're right. Okay. Any, um, any other fun ones? Better cheddars are pretty fun. They are pretty fun. Okay. Okay. They've got a great texture. Not a lot of cheese flavor we found on the Cheesy Crackers episode. That's true. White cheddar Cheez-Its are where it's at. Are where it's at. But those mm. those will powder your fingers in a way that better cheddars won't. Hmm. That's, a, that's a good point. It, I, I hadn't thought about that. I know this is a thing everyone worries about a lot. Like which, which <laughs> crackers powdering. are going to powder your fingers the most. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I I think that I actually now that I now that you put it that way, I think that I thought oyster crackers were a fun cracker as well. I seem I to think remember they're it. indubitably a fun <laughs> cracker. I remember oyster crackers as something that my dad introduced me to. You know, as a part of the pantheon of, of things that my dad introduced me to. Sure. Um, I mean, to be fair, I think like most people, like their parents introduce them to a lot of things just because they're fine, around. Fine. You know, another thing I don't think I've ever mentioned on the show that my dad introduced me to was fish and chips and the idea <laughs> of uh, putting malt vinegar on. Oh, yeah. On uh, on your chips. You know, I think maybe the first time I encountered malt vinegar with fish and chips was at Spud Fish and Chips in West Seattle. Oh, so you were an adult. I was an adult. Well, not, I mean, kind of, because this was like the mid-90s, so I was maybe like 20. Okay. But you were already married. You yeah. were, I mean, you were doing adult things. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, okay. So yeah, I remember encountering oyster crackers as a child, sure. but I don't remember much more. We certainly, I mean, here's one thing I was thinking about. Does anybody ever buy oyster crackers? Like, it seems like the only people who ever buy oyster crackers are... I can't wait to hear <laughs> what, like kind of, what kind of people buy the oyster pe- crackers. The people in charge of ordering from vendors at like restaurants and things like that. Oh, you mean because- corporate goons. That's what you're saying. Only fucking <laughs> corporate goons would buy oyster crackers. Well, let me tell you, we bought oyster crackers like within the last four days. But I would be really interested to talk to someone who is like a buyer at your local grocery store and see how quickly they go through oyster crackers. 
in comparison okay. to like saltines, for instance. Because- You're right. This does sound like a thrilling conversation <laughs> that I wish I could have too. <laughs> because- if I could have dinner with any three people, living or dead, they would be three buyers <laughs> from for, the Broadway for, QFC. For the Broadway QFC, and we would only talk about oyster crackers and other fun crackers. You know, I would also love to talk with them about the Murray's like cheese counter. That is a very think, puzzling thing, isn't it? It is. I mean, I love that Fred Meyer and QFC here in Seattle both have like a little mini Murray's cheese counter. But I wonder if it actually makes money for anyone. I don't know. And I think I think like the cheese portioning and packaging could be improved. Oh, big time. I That's mean, the it, kind it, of thing it doesn't, I would say. It doesn't compare to Murray's. To actual Murray's, no. In New York, no. Okay, but I'm not done here with my right, oyster right, right. cracker musings. But I, I just, I wonder how many people actually buy oyster crackers to take home. <laughs> what am I trying to say? <laughs> As opposed to feed to ducks, which you should not do. No, but just oyster crackers seem to be a thing that you encounter like at, at the soup bar in your local grocery store or wherever you get clam chowder and they come in those like half ounce little individual baggies. I just, I I wonder how many full size boxes of oyster crackers ever get sold. Do people have them on their home grocery lists? Well, I mean, they're always in the cracker section. So I don't, I don't think they would devote shelf space to them if they, if nobody ever buys them. Um, When I was looking online, I did notice that it's very easy to order like a, a box of 150 individual packs of uh, like, you know, soup sized oyster cracker yeah, uh, yeah. cellophane packets. And I was very tempted. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is interesting. The the food products. This is not interesting. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. This is this is an excerpt from the scintillating conversation you're going to have at your ultimate dinner party with the three Kroger buyers. No, but there are only certain products that we encounter in like single serving packages in a restaurant. That's true. What are some other ones? Saltines. Saltines. Yeah. Packs of two. Right. Um, Little things of sugar for your coffee. OK. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's it. Hmm. Can I think of another one? Well, like uh, like the little uh, naughty seaweed okay. in, in a little okay. cellophane. Okay. Yeah. But like you don't sit down at a restaurant and find a little like two pack of Oreos wrapped up in front of you. Oh, or, but like... imagine if you did. Wouldn't that be delightful? <laughs> God, that would be great. You'd spoil your dinner. I don't care. I anyway, want them cookies. Okay. Enough about this. Who cares? Um, let's, <laughs> Wait, let's are we ending on. the episode? <laughs> Okay, let's just get on with it and talk about what these are. Let's go back to talking about guinea pig hairstyles. Okay. All right, oyster crackers. They're a little fun cracker. They're a little fun cracker. They. uh, So you wrote on the agenda, these must be related to hardtack, saltines, and common crackers, right? I've never even heard of common crackers. Oh, let's talk about common crackers. So (laughs) I, I think the reason I said this is because they're a cracker that really is just like flour, water, and salt and tastes like they're just flour, water, and salt. Not in a mm. bad way, but hmm. but like they're not like highlighting anything else about about a cracker other than just the base ingredients, like okay. a saltine. 
Okay. And common crackers are a cracker from Vermont, or at least from New England, made with similar ingredients, uh, <laughs> meaning flour, water, and salt. Um, and they are a very venerable cracker that is meant to be toasted and served with chowder. And uh, they're toasted. Yeah. So they're they're bigger than oyster crackers. They're like kind of half dollar sized. Okay. And you can split them in half in the same way that sometimes you can split an oyster cracker in Wait, half. Wait, these these must be have yeast in them do common crackers or some have sort yeast of in leavening them? because okay well i did look up the ingredients of at least one brand of oyster crackers i looked up westminster brand which we'll talk about more in a second but it contains unbleached wheat flour water canola oil sugar salt yeast and baking soda okay so this common cracker recipe i'm looking at has butter and milk but no leavening Interesting, but you can split it. Let me see. This this recipe looks better. Hang on. Oh no, this just. Uh, I thought I was going to a recipe, but it uh, it redirected me to a Canadian pharmacy. Oh, but uh, but you should you should buy something while you're there. It'll be cheaper. I, I should I should buy from a Skeezy Online Pharmacy. Yeah. Okay, come on. Nope, this is just an article about common crackers. Anyway, you can buy them from the Vermont Country Store. You split them, you butter them, you toast them in the oven. They're great for a snack or with chowder, and they're kind of similar to a big oyster cracker, a little denser. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So what about hardtack? I mean, I feel like hardtack is just like the butt of jokes. D- do people eat it? It wasn't It wasn't invented to be the butt of jokes, but probably it, it quickly became so. Well, I think, I think hardtack, like, you know, there was like a ship's biscuit. Um, I'm about to start talking about things I really don't know anything about, but like a ship's biscuit was like a big hard loaf that you would like chip pieces off of. Okay. And so hardtack is is like any like very hardy plain cracker. So like like pilot crackers are a form of hardtack, I would say. Do you think that so as you may recall earlier during our our COVID adventure word, adventure, Ash and I rewatched the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I do remember that. Do you remember what what is the bread that the uh, the elves give? Samwise and Frodo. Um, oh shit! I lamb, knew this is seed. Lamb, oh, lambish. Uh, I think I'm thinking of seed cake, which is not a cracker. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna find this. Lavash is it? Lavash. I think I would rather have dinner with three Kroger buyers. Lembus than bread. Lembus bread. Lembus bread. I I wonder if that's a bit like hard tack. Okay, Lembus bread. What is Lembus bread made of? One bite will satisfy a man for a day. Like, sexually? Um, Lembus is sweet, often described as a cake. It is made with the fruit of the Malorn tree, a round nut with a silver shale. This and looks it is cream-colored on the inside and has a light brown crust. Ooh, a, a related <laughs> search. What do orcs drink? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, oh. right, tell, uh, you tell me first what orcs drink, and then I'll tell you the thing I found. Are orcs born or made? Ooh, bred from the heats and slimes of the earth through the sorcery of Morgoth. That doesn't answer the question of what orcs drink. Oh, here's another question. Why are orcs so bad at fighting? <laughs> oh, that is a good question. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I fought, I fought a bunch of orcs, and they are <laughs> terrible. 
Like I, I did like one week of, of, of YouTube karate before I gave up and I was still able to like fight off 18 orcs. Anyway, you were probably fueled by Lembus bread. I was fueled by Lembus bread. Uh, when I searched for a Lembus bread recipe, the first thing that came up was a blog called vomitingchicken.com. Whose yeah, that slogan came up for is, me too. Weird name, great blog. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Matthew. So it seems like that's the same thing as hardtack. Just go go with me here. Okay. okay if you sure. Disagree. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Orcs drink it. The orcs drink hardtack. <laughs> okay. And that's why they're bad at fighting because they're always choking on on crackers that they were trying to drink. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> let's talk about about where we encounter oyster crackers today. Okay. So you mentioned uh, taking the train. Go, Matthew. Yes, definitely not something we've done anytime recently, but on the Amtrak Cascades, you can get Ivar's clam chowder in the bistro car, and it comes with usually two of the little bags of oyster crackers, or if you're really lucky, according to wife of the show, Lori, who, who always gets this, you get three of the little bags of oyster crackers. Wow. You know, I was talking with Ash about this this morning because... So Ivar's has the same relationship, uh, it seems with the train as it does with the ferry. What am I trying to say? <laughs> okay. No, no. Like, like it's a, it's a restaurant that loves to partner with, with, uh, transport. Right. It's very, it's very, uh, like, uh, polyamorous. Uh, yes. it's, ca- it's Catholic in its tastes when it comes to <laughs> modes of transportation. Anyway, if you um, ride on the Washington State Ferries system, you may have encountered in the like concessions area that you can get Ivar's clam chowder. There's also some brand of chili on there, which yes. I've eaten before. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you can get Ivar's clam chowder, and Ash particularly loves to get it whenever we take a ferry, which actually we've taken a ferry maybe twice during our COVID adventure, and both times we stayed in the car. So there yeah, hasn't been sure. any clam chowder on the open seas lately for us. But anyway, I asked Ash if they give the free little packages of oyster crackers on the ferry as well. And Ash says, yes. Okay. But it seems they like never, you would have to. They never take them anymore. Ash used to really like oyster crackers and now doesn't. How does that happen? How do I you... don't understand. So they... I, I can I only think of one food that I used to like and don't like anymore. And it's because it was like the last thing I ate before I got super sick. And what was that? It was kamaboko, which is a particular type of fish cake. Okay. Okay. Gosh, I'm hard pressed to think of anything. So I guess, Ash, I guess when I was a kid, I liked pixie sticks. Yeah, I'd probably still but that, eat those. But that though. doesn't count. I'd still eat those. What I was going to say is that so Ash feels like eating dry saltines or oyster crackers is actually pretty revolting to them at this point mm. in life because uh, it just is so dry. But at, but, but, at the, but a soup is so wet. Yeah. So I said to them, <laughs> when you were younger, did you used to put oyster crackers in the soup or did you eat them next to the soup? And they were like, oh, my God, no, you, you can never eat anything like an oyster cracker without putting it in something wet. Number one. OK, but I just ate a bowl of oyster crackers. But to yeah. be fair, I did put them into something wet my mouth. My spouse has some some challenges around certain foods, uh, oyster crackers apparently being one of them. No, I mean, but, that's that's totally that seems totally reasonable. And, and uh, like, you know, I think everybody does. Like, as you know, I'm afraid of most condiments. 
That's true. Anyway, Ash says, however, that if uh, if you are going to eat oyster crackers with your soup, that you need to put them in the soup and leave them there long enough that they lose their crunchiness. Mm, I don't Ash, think so. Ash says they should get to the point at which you can't tell if what you have is a mouthful of like cracker or some sort of just thickened soup. I'm going to I'm going to go out of out of limb and say this is this is maybe not a mainstream opinion, but I, I bet agree. a lot of people I bet a lot of people do like to soften crackers in their soup though. It seems maybe. like it seems not- like a very old school way of enjoying soup and crackers because I don't know what I'm thinking of. Like, I get, wasn't isn't there like a thing where milk toast? I'm thinking of milk toast, mm, where you like like yes, soften toast in milk and eat it like a porridge. Mm-hmm. Or I re- I'm remembering that. Um, so when I was a kid, there was a an older woman who would occasionally come babysit for me. Her name mm-hmm. was Julia Beal, Mrs. Beal, and I remember watching her. Uh, I would often eat like Campbell's chicken and stars soup when my parents were sure. out. And I remember watching Mrs. Beale sit at the table with me with her bowl of chicken and stars and crumble saltines into it, like straight up like crumble. Uh, yeah. I mean, like like she was making some sort of paste in retrospect. Um, was, was she, she an English like governess? That. It seems no. like the sort of thing an English governess might do. No. Did she arrive via umbrella? This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. <laughs> uh huh. So, like, you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink. You can bring your pet. Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody, nobody. Yeah, so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass is the website that takes you from that thing you've always wanted to learn to learning that thing. Well, and you can learn it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. Oh, come on. Really the best in the world? Yeah. Like, remember I watched those videos with uh, with Steph Curry on, like, you know, how to have proper, like, basketball shooting form and That's stuff. That's right. You And you have been sinking so many threes <laughs> since then. It's ridiculous. I just can't stop. Um, okay. Well, I took a class with Hans Zimmer, film composer. Maybe you've heard of <laughs> movies such as The Lion King. Mm, Maybe mm-hmm. you've heard of Gladiator. Yep. The Dark Knight. Dune. He did all of those. I loved And Dune. now he's teaching me how to do it. Like the art of making Has people feel to things. To, to teach me? Yeah. Yeah, because because I've got a master class subscription. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, Matthew, I also hear that if you want to take a class, say, from like Alice Waters or Thomas Keller or even like Yotam Orolengi, yeah. you can get essentially what are like private lessons. Now, granted, they're they're 
they're on Masterclass. Yes. But private lessons did, from right. these people. Otolenghi doesn't come to your house, That's but right. virtually he does. That's right. So Masterclass makes all of this possible, and you get unlimited access to the very world's best teachers. And you will get 15% off an annual membership right now at masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. Masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. This episode is off the rails. I hope that they have Ivar's clam chowder in the bistro car. <laughs> when when we go off the rails? Yeah. No, I think you have to be on the rails for that. Anyway, um, Matthew, let's talk about what oyster crackers actually are and like where the idea comes from and what the heck it, it refers to. None of which we have real solid answers for, but we'll no, try. No, I don't think history really has solid answers for this. Yeah. Okay. So, well, anyway... Oyster crackers, I think of them as tiny hexagonal crackers, but they just as often show up as rounds. Um, yeah. Wife of the show, Lori, bought the oyster crackers that I was just eating before we started recording, and they are the premium brand for the saltine people, and they are rounds that are a little bigger than the hexagonal ones. Hmm. Yeah, the rounds are uh, generally, according to Wikipedia, slightly larger than the hexagonal ones. So okay. that seems right. So they're frequently served with oyster stew and other soups, especially in the northeastern U.S. I think of this as a, like a real Baltimore thing. That's where my oh, mom is from. Is Baltimore like a, an oyster stew kind of city? Well, so I i mean, my mom's family, they were an oyster stew kind of family. They are okay. the one family I have known well in the Baltimore area. But when I was a kid, they used to, you know, get misty eyed thinking about oyster stews past. Sure. And once, I think the last Christmas we ever spent at my grandparents' house before my grandmother like moved into a retirement community, we, or at least the grown ups, made oyster stew. Last Christmas, I did I made not you touch my it. stew. Uh, but anyway, so that's that's the northeastern U.S. In Cincinnati, however, oyster crackers are frequently served with the famous local chili. Yeah, I've never had Cincinnati chili. Have you? I'm so curious about it. Uh, it's what, Skyline Diner yeah. or something like that? I've been to Cincinnati, and I have driven by <laughs> some locations. I think there are multiple of the Okay, Skyline I'm going to say that doesn't count as that having tried it. It <laughs> doesn't count. Okay, anyway, but so you wrote in the agenda, are oyster crackers known as outside of North America? I could not answer that question. Well, here's but, the research that I did. I okay. searched for them on uh, amazon.co.uk and found like one that seemed to be like expensive and imported. So I'm thinking maybe they're not. Okay. But well, I'm not sure. Here's the history according to Wikipedia. So there's one particular company that, that claims to be the originator of the oyster cracker, and that's the Westminster Cracker Company of Rutland, Vermont. They've been making oyster crackers since 1828. And they have like a very, the the design of their boxes feels very just... Uh, classic? Classic, yeah. Yeah, not flashy, feels very authoritative. Uh, <laughs> no, whereas other brands of oyster orig- crackers are sold in very flashy packaging <laughs> with like lots of like bikini girls and stuff. Yeah. 
Anyway, so most people claim, or many people claim that Westminster's the original and the best. Uh, their oyster crackers are roughly square, interestingly enough. Although when with you rounded say roughly off corners, square. Oh, oh that's what I was going to ask. I was going to say, yeah. is it like MS Paint where you can have like the, the rectangle with the pointy corners or the yes. rounded corners? Yes, like that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, however, there's a counterclaim. And that is that uh, Adam Exton, a baker in Trenton, New Jersey, is said to have invented oyster crackers in the 1840s. He uh, was an immigrant from England. He arrived in the States in 1842 and opened a cake and cracker bakery a few years later. And is there still a cake and cracker bakery? I love the idea. I love the idea of that, too. I like the specificity of it. Uh, he apparently invented a machine that rolled and docked pastry, uh, which was a, a big deal at that time because it, quote, solved the sanitary problems of hand rolling crackers. Now, I saw this and like I it made me wonder, like, OK, are there really sanitary problems with hand rolling crackers? Because they're going to get baked. So, like, you know, yeah. you know it's going to kill any any like, you know, that bacteria you got on the crackers. What if you got hair in the crackers? That's what I was thinking. Like we were talking like hair, hair and chunks and and like like slime. Those are sanitary problems. Right. Stream. Yes. Well, anyway, so Adam Exton uh, had a nephew also named Adam Exton. I don't know if he was like the originator of the idea that Adam Exton is the inventor. (laughs) Wow. This is this sentence has gone off gone off the rails along with this whole episode. What what I'm trying I, what, to what say, you say is that... It sounded like Ancestry.com exploded. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, it almost seemed from the way this Wikipedia entry was written that Adam Exton, the inventor of oyster crackers, supposedly, had a nephew named Adam Exton who maybe was the one who first said, hey, my uncle invented oyster crackers. I see what you're saying. Okay. I think. Uh, apparently, he, uh, the nephew, uh, gave this history of the oyster cracker in the, in the Trenton Evening Times on May 31st, 1917, in which he claimed that his uncle invented them. Doesn't but it seem like May 31st, 1917, like World War One was still underway, right? Right. It seems like bigger things there would be bigger in the news than than let's let's settle this once and for all. Who invented oyster crackers? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't nobody really knows whether they're called oyster crackers because they were served with oyster stew or served with oysters or maybe because they look like oysters. But whoever says they look like oysters, I don't think has ever seen an oyster. Well, I mean, you can, like I said, you could split one in half and there and there's a pearl inside. Mm-hmm. You wrote a little tangent here on the agenda about oyster stew. Do you want to take that tangent? Yeah, because I realized like I knew it was kind of more of a soup than a stew. And I think I have had it maybe once, but mm-hmm. I wasn't totally sure what it was. It's thinner than you would think. Yeah. Yeah. But based on the name stew. Um, it's because <laughs> most people named Stu are thick. Uh, yeah, like like daddy thick. It's oyster stew. It's like it's a super simple dish. Uh, it's oysters, dairy, and onion basically. So so like a kind of a streamlined chowder. Mm-hmm. It's often served on Christmas Eve in the South. I learned, and any time in the Northeast. But it seems like it's a dish that's really on the wane. Yeah, Don't you I, think? I certainly think so. I mean, like I said earlier, my my mother's family did have a tradition of making it, I believe, on Christmas Eve, because that was when they made it the one time in which I've encountered it. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, oyster stew absolutely does not sound like something that it, a lot of, I don't know, mainstream I mean, we're Americans hear from, are from the oyster get. stew people, right? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine finding a recipe for oyster stew in like Parade Magazine or something? Like that's oh, not going to happen these days. that's an interesting days. question. Yeah. I mean, I think about Parade as sort of the barometer for like mainstream America. Yeah, I mean, I would expect to find uh, Marilyn Vos Savant answering a question about oyster stew. Oh my God, I forgot about her. <laughs> oh, I, God, I, I loved Ask Marilyn so much. I don't, I, I don't read it. I loved Parade Magazine yeah. as a oh, teenager. Oh yeah, that would be when when we would get the Sunday paper. I would get, yes. I would grab the TV click, the Parade yes. Magazine, and the comics, yes. and uh, like try and get to those before the rest of the family. Yes. Oh my God. Wow, memory lane. Marilyn Vos Savant. I yeah. forgot. Ask Marilyn. But- what else would be in Parade Magazine? Well, I mean, there'd be like, like in the the inside cover would be like the the guy who who has who does like the celebrity news. I don't remember really anything about it except holding a brand new issue of Parade in my hand. I, I felt so wealthy. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I know what you mean. Like, it seemed really special. Yeah, didn't it? Okay. All right. Uh, let, let's go on. Um, I think maybe when Hungry Monkey came out, it was mentioned in Parade Magazine. Really? I think so. It might have been a different insert magazine. I, If it was Parade, I'm pretty upset that you didn't, like, save it and frame it and hang it on your wall. Yeah, I, I just don't remember. Okay. Matthew, hold on. So you had a question that you wrote here on the agenda. Yeah, my question is, are goldfish oyster crackers? And in particular, I'm thinking about the plain goldfish that is like uh, no kid wants. But like, it kind of seems like they are. It does kind of seem like they are. I think they're a little bit the wrong texture, though. Yeah, a little bit. Like an oyster cracker really has like a saltine texture with like flakes in it, but even a little more tender. Yeah, I know what you you mean. But at the same time, like if you were blindfolded and I took away your oyster crackers and replaced them with plain goldfish... Would would that do it for you, Matthew? I can't wait until our COVID adventure is over, so that so we, we can, can actually do this. Yeah, so we actually do this important experiment. We're, it's going to be you, me, and three buyers from Kroger. <laughs> We're all going to be blindfolded and just like reaching into bowls of various crackers and, and we, stuffing them into other people's mouths. Can we start like a shared Google Doc where we write down all the things that we're going to do together when our COVID adventure is you know, over? That really is a good idea. Yeah, yeah, we should do that. Uh, I mean, we're definitely. Definitely do for another trip to the nude beach. We're do- oh, God, I would love to go to the beach. We should do that. You're going to teach me to drive. I'm going to teach we, you we to promised, drive. We promised uh, the people we would do that. Mm-hmm. We're going to, yeah, we're going to blindfold each other and, and do some cracker substitutions. And <laughs> uh, those those are probably the main things. Uh, probably. Um, I hope you will make Detroit-style pizza for me. Yes. Oh, I need to make Detroit-style pizza for me. Thanks for reminding me. Maybe we can get high out by the dumpster again. I think that's that could probably be done, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Um, okay. That's a good list. Can you start that uh, document? I'm too busy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, Matthew. Wait. Do you have a preferred brand of oyster cracker? Had you ever bought them before we started planning this episode? I think, yeah. I think we've bought them before. I think uh, I think this is a cracker like saltines where the store brand is fine. But uh, the, currently, like I said, we have premium and uh, and they're good. 
they're little little good round friends. Okay. Okay. I like whatever brand is available in the single serving packets that come for free with whatever yeah. else I'm buying. You know, I, I I saw online that there are seasoned oyster crackers. Oh, I've never yeah, encountered I saw you mentioned them. that. No, I've, I never have either. It sounds like that is veering even more into goldfish. Yes. Territory. Like it makes me think of like pizza flavored goldfish. Yeah, flavor blasted. Yes. You know, I did see some recipes online for oyster crackers, and one of them recommended putting Old Bay seasoning in the dough. And I oh, love the idea of that. I do like that idea. Right? Yeah. God, that I really like that. Um, I wonder if you could. I don't think this would actually work because I think they would get soggy. But like if you could toss a bowl of oyster crackers with a little salted with a little uh, melted butter and then and then some Old Bay like you were seasoning popcorn. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? I mean, a little bit interesting. It's no, it's pretty interesting. Well, I it's pretty think disruptive. That, I think that you should try it. Yeah, I, I might do that like right after this this podcast, which is which will make it too late to feature on the oyster cracker episode. But you know, we've we've mostly run out of ideas, so we'll probably be doing oyster crackers too in a couple weeks. So yeah, along with holiday cookies, fourteen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, wait, but Matthew, I, I think this is the most important question in the whole episode, which is. If you're eating them with soup, what do you do with them? Do you put them in the soup? Do you let them get soggy if you put them in the soup? Do you eat them alongside the soup? What do you do? So I I am a big fan of putting crunchy things into soup, whether that be like uh, Fritos in a Frito pie or like okay. uh, tortilla strips in a in a tortilla soup. Or uh, sometimes I'll sometimes I'll crumble uh, tortilla chips into into a chili, like if I'm having like a can of chili for lunch, mm. um, or or like tempura into into a tempura udon. I like the uh, the the crutchy thing to get just a teeny tiny bit soggy before I eat it. Like ah, I don't okay. I, I don't want it to be as if I had just like thrown a couple of of chips or crackers into my mouth at the same time. So I want I do yes. want them to mingle a little bit, but just a little bit. Okay. How okay. about you? I get this. So I have to say that I have tended to eat them on the side, honestly, but... With a fork. With a fork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I scoot them onto the back of the fork. <laughs> That's right. I remember um, this. In, in the continental style. Yeah. That Can you add um, that to the list of things we're going to do is we're going to make fun of each other's silverware habits? Perfect. But recently, I can't remember where I was. I was somewhere with June. We had driven uh, to the east side of Lake Washington and mm-hmm. we needed a snack. <laughs> we were we were killing time. We were yeah, having yeah. A, a mini outdoor COVID adventure. We needed a snack and we were near like the Redmond PCC or something. Mm-hmm. And so we went in and June, this is so classic June. She really loves soup. Bless her soul. I love having a child who loves soup. So what she picked out was like the the chicken and rice soup at the PCC, like hot soup bar. Yeah. It was under, it was quite undersalted. And we sat in the car eating and she, I suggested that she take the, the bag of oyster crackers that she was very curious about and wanted to pick up. Uh, I suggested that she go ahead and dump it into the soup for the salt that was on the crackers. Yeah. And that was pretty pretty awesome. Like it saved a quite mediocre soup. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So that was actually, uh, I kind of think that it was that that made me 
did I suggest that we do this oyster crackers episode? I think maybe I did, but I'm not sure. Anyway, that was my most recent encounter with oyster crackers, and it it changed my thinking. I've I've always I really like plain crackers, like saltines and oyster yeah, crackers. Too. And so I've never felt like I needed to put them in something or have a reason to eat them other than just they're tasty. But that soup was like, oh, okay, these can serve many purposes, these crackers. Yeah, I feel like um like whenever like if if I'm sick and need like a plain snack, that's when I will reach for saltines. But then then when I do, I'm like, oh hey, saltines are good. Like yeah. I feel better now. Yes. Yes. That's why they that's that's why you have them because <laughs> That's why they, that's why I get prescription taste, saltines. They taste so good that they make you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, Matthew. Well, um, I think this episode was over a long time ago, but we're finally drawing it to a close. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. We've arrived. Our train has arrived at its destination. Great. Destination flavor. Okay, great. You can find us at SpilledMilkPodcast.com. Uh, you can send us an email, contact at SpilledMilkPodcast.com. You know, chat chat with other listeners about the show on Reddit, uh, reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Our producer is Abby Circatella. I know. What else? You want to you want to drag this out further? Uh, no, no, I don't really want I mean, to. This train's just making a very brief stop. We'll see you in the bistro car at the end of the COVID adventure. See you. See you. It's at the it's at the end of the train and the adventure. See you in the bistro car. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster-Burton. I remember when you could buy a toy for 25 cents. That's right. And it would last. It was made of of iron. And it, it would last 100 years. It and was not fun. I've, I've actually passed it down to my grandchildren's grandchildren. Uh-huh. And they're and playing they with it. they hate it. it. <laughs> Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.